You're listening to Speak Your Style, a lifestyle and business podcast hosted by Sasha Bowlby and Liz Toombs. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Speak Your Style. I'm Liz Toombs, and we are very excited today to have another special guest with us. We have Maisie Clark, who is a wonderfully talented watercolor artist. Welcome, Maisie. Liz, I'm so excited to be here. Um, so tell everyone a little bit about what it is that you offer, um, what kind of artistry you do. Sure. So I'm a watercolor illustrator and I work primarily with um, consumers and then I also work with wholesalers. So on the consumer side, I do a lot of custom artwork. I do um, watercolor house portraits. That's how I really started the business. And, um, and then on the wholesale side, I kind of have a wholesale niche that I like to refer to as custom wholesale. So I'll work with a brand, a museum shop, um, boutiques, a distillery, kind of anyone who has a gift shop that has a pretty specific audience that they want to sell to. So I go in, we meet now vir virtually, not in person anymore, and we discuss what type of artwork, what type of product they'd like to do. I'd like to kind of pitch to them, say, what's a product that you would love to sell, but you've never been able to find? Um, so we kind of start there. Um, so that's sort of the, the division of the business, but overall it's about whimsical, charming artwork that I create. Now, Maisie, I jumped on um, your website and I've been looking over your social media um, since Liz and I have talked about having you on as a guest. And I consider myself to be like artsy fartsy. So like anything that's like artistic or with, you know, I've got a long list of things. But um, when I jumped on and I looked and I was so impressed um, with all of your stuff. And like for myself as a boutique owner, um, it was really cool to see you making things for, um, I guess, specialized things for different boutique stores. Um, so number one, I love all your stuff. I thought it was all super cute. So I was very excited about it. Is there one part of it that you, um, I know that you said you started out um, doing the home portraits and things like that. Is that kind of like your go-to for your most favorite or have now that you're doing some of the wholesale stuff, um, do you, like which one I guess you enjoy doing more would be my question. You know, I love the, I love them both. And I love the problem solving aspect of the wholesale part where I go in, kind of do an interview, list of questions with the boutique or museum shop owner and say, you know, what, what would you love to see? But with the house portraits, it's so fun because, you know, People love to fill me in on the backstory of these homes that they've lived in. Um, I just did one for uh, a client's, uh, it was his grandmother's house. And the only pictures that they had were pictures of her sitting on the front porch 40 years ago. And I don't know, there's just something really sweet and really endearing about the house portraits that I really do enjoy. And I think that you know, every house is different. Every story is different. So I really, I think the house portraits always will have just a soft spot in my heart because, you know, people just love to say, oh, you know, this, 
please include this tree because that's the tree that we had our first swing for all of our kids. And, you know, I mean, it's just really kind of a um, new adventure and a new story every time. Um, but I, I love all aspects of it. But I think the house portraits really have a very special piece of my heart. Uh, I love that, but obviously as an interior decorator, houses are a big part of what my focus is. Um, so how did you even get into making art your career? Like what led you to where you are now? And even beyond that, having your own business, not just, you know, being an artist working for a company. Yeah, exactly. So I, um, my background is in design, actually. I have my bachelor's degree in interior design. And then after um, I finished college in 2008, luckily found a job um, at an architecture firm and then was doing some corporate interior design and decided to go back for my master's in exhibition design. So I grew up loving museums and loving, you know, exploring. I, I grew up right outside of Washington, D.C. So field trips in school were always to a Smithsonian or, you know, to a Washington museum. So I always loved that aspect of design that told a story. And I think that that's what appealed to me um, to exhibition design. But in terms of creating artwork, that was very much a thread in my design education and career is just a way to express ideas. And I love the, I love hand sketching ideas and drawing ideas out. And the house portraits kind of was sort of a little bit more of a necessity in terms of my own personal use. So I was in graduate school and a very poor graduate student and I had friends getting married and, you know, all these different things and I had to give them a gift. And so I would draw their houses or draw, you know, something that would, a, a building that meant something to them. Um, Cause it was a cheap gift for me to give. And um, I think what kind of really clicked was when people said, oh, I love this so much. I want to give this to my mom or my best friend or, you know, how much would you charge? And it was sort of like, I don't know, uh, $75, $50, you know, you know, when you're starting out, you just kind of throw something at the wall and started doing house portraits and they kind of picked up. I mean, I've been doing, I've been drawing forever, but in terms of house portraits, it's really been kind of concentrated since 2014. And then in 2016, I kind of thought, well, I should probably be a little bit more official with this. Like, I, you know, started an LLC and got a new bank account for my business. And so that was really the start of the business. And then I, oh, there's the, my snoring dog. Um, uh, so in, in 2016 kind of became official um, as a business and then um, was working full time from 2016 to 2018, all the while, while doing house portraits from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. every day. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a slog and it was, um, but you know, I kind of thought to myself, if I, if I will do this after a full day of work, I think I could do this anytime. Like I would be willing to, you know, sacrifice nights and weekends for this business. Like, I think at some point I will 
make this a full-time gig. So that wasn't until 2018 that I was able to go full-time in the business. I think that's great for people listening to hear, you know, that you started out in interior design and then, you know, it is, you know, you've cultivated it into this with your portrait um, paintings, you know, it's not necessarily like, okay, I want interior design. I want to do interior design all the time, but you know, now I have this really fun gig to do that I started out as a hobby that is now my full-time gig. So I think that's really yeah. cool for people to hear. How long does it typically, maybe from like start to finish for you to do um, a project? Like say if you were doing a house portrait, like how long does that typically take? It um, depends, but I would say anywhere between an hour and an hour and a half from, you know, from starting. So I do all the, um, I create every house portrait from, um, from scratch, essentially. It starts with a pencil sketch, and then it's inked, and then it's, um, and then it's watercolored. Do they typically give you a photo, or I know, yeah. okay. So I work from photos, and, and also, too, it's, it's funny. I, I kind of always try to keep a running tally, and I think I'm, I think I'm at about 600 houses so far. And um, something that's also kind of a um, side effect of this is I've become really good about figuring out what houses look like from Google Street Views and realtor listings. Because sometimes people send me photos that are either old or, or you know, they can't get, you know, the, a right view that I need. And so that has sort of been like a side, I don't know how I can monetize that, but it's kind of an interesting skill that I've developed for sure. Who would have thought you'd be using Google Earth to... I know. It's really helpful, though. <laughs> I would think so. Do you end up partnering with a lot of realtors? I would think this would make an amazing closing. Yeah. I do a lot of work with realtors, which has been a really great... Um, you know, when you have a customer who's buying a house portrait, it's typically... They might buy one a year or, you know, they don't have typically a lot of people in their lives who are either moving or getting married every, you know. So realtors are a really great way that I have, um, you know, added to that house portrait um, offering. And it's really fun too, because I have a lot of realtors that that's their signature gift to give. And that's kind of a fun, you know, and then you kind of um, get to know different realtors and stuff like that. So that's been fun. How do you market yourself? Is it all online or word of mouth or what do you do? Yeah. So I typically, Instagram is a great, um, is a great avenue for me. That has, I mean, when I first started really concentrating on doing this in 2016, 2017, I would be, you know, people would slide into my DMs and talk to me about house portraits and I would coordinate, you know, via email or any of that. Luckily, I've kind of grown up a little bit on that and have streamlined my website. But yeah, social media has been incredible. Um, I always encourage people if they received a house portrait to share pictures and, and things like that. So, and I think social media is also a great way for me to show process pictures, behind the scenes, kind of in process, time-lapse videos, because you know, I find myself watching other illustrators do like a time-lapse video of something that they're drawing or illustrating. And so I always get really great feedback when I post things like that. So yeah, a lot of social media. I don't 
typically do a lot of paid advertisements. Have you found yourself doing any of the like um, gift shows or anything like that yet or? You know, I have kind of, with gift shows, I have done a couple of smaller wholesale shows and I'm also a member of the Museum Store Association, which is, I mean, it's kind of like, there's an app for that. There's also an association for that. You know, I mean, like everything has an association. So I found um, the Museum Store Association, which you can be a vendor member, which I am, or a, a, I think it's a institution partner. So any museum you've ever heard of and some that you have not are typically members and they, um, so I have access to them um, through an annual uh, trade show. So I have a booth. So that's kind of like a, like a mini Atlanta gift mart type feel. Um, but the way that since my wholesale offerings aren't always sort of off the shelf, it's a little bit harder to figure out where I would fit into Atlanta. And that's such a huge investment in terms of time, money, you know, all that. So um, I've considered it. It's not something that's probably going to happen soon, but it's something on my radar for sure. Atlanta market, just on the clothing side, especially with COVID and everything that's going on, a lot of my um, meetings have now happened through Zoom because I've not been traveling. Um, so sometimes, I mean, I know like a lot of people will like to go and touch it and feel it and talk to somebody about it, but I think about it from the side of, are a lot of people just going to keep on doing some of the Zoom meetings and things like that instead of actually going? I know one of the vendors I talked to um, said that they um, no longer have their showroom. Um, because it yeah. was too expensive and there was not enough people come, you know, there was not enough foot traffic to justify them paying. Cause I'm, I'm sure it's outrageous cost wise yeah. for a showroom. So they were just going to switch and start doing all of their stuff through zoom meetings. So sometimes I just wonder like, is that really how all of the things are going to start going versus people actually physically going and seeing those showrooms? I know. And I think also, a I mean, I think Atlanta and Dallas offer really great opportunities for people to be discovered and, you know, you can find new brands. But part of me, you know, if I were to invest that time and money into a gift show like that, I worry that I would lose the opportunities to do the smaller projects that I really do enjoy. So I think it's kind of a balance of like, you know, not only is it time and money to invest in the show, it's, it's a lot of money to invest in that, um, in that stock and that inventory. So it's kind of this, this trade-off where, you know, I love working with individual wholesale accounts where I'm not, I'm not sort of a slave to the, um, wholesale calendar. Like I'm not, being pressured to issue all of my Christmas in July and August. Like I kind of have my own individual rollout calendars with them. So it's kind of, it's one of those things I've definitely considered. And I, you know, every six months or so, I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to Atlanta and, and do that. But it, it just hasn't. And also with COVID just throws everything, um, throws everything out of whack. So, I mean, 
but I think that is kind of one of the great things and also really frustrating things about being an entrepreneur and a small business owner is I can do anything. I just can't do everything, you know, and that's, I think, cause, and I'm, I'm in the mindset. I'm like, Oh, I, I could do everything. And, and you can do everything. You just can't do it well. So, uh, yeah, that is so true. And I think that's really hard to learn because when you're going out on your own, you kind of do have to do everything. And then yeah. it's just as you mature and progress with the business, you can figure out what are those things you need to take off of your plate. You're so right. Um, you were talking about COVID throwing things out of whack. Are there some specific ways that the pandemic has affected how you do business or have you seen any big changes? Um, I think, you know, something that has really come up because, and I, I don't know if it's because of COVID or if it's sort of the pandemic and the amount of time that I've spent in this business and if it's just kind of coinciding. Um, but I've really started looking to and developing partnerships with um, influencers and sort of these tastemakers. And I've been able to create these little sort of capsule collections that are hosted e on e-commerce rather than really going after those wholesalers who have a brick and mortar. Um, and I think that as so many of my clients who might have smaller boutiques and not have a huge e-commerce or even social media pre presence that I've been able to supply nice product imagery that they can use on social media and e-commerce. And I think it's just, it's been a learning process for everyone. I mean, I don't think anyone expected us to be um, working this way this long. Um, but I think that it's, it's really sort of, um, there have been some really cool partnerships that have come from this. And I don't know if it's that people have have a little bit more time and kind of need a little bit more creativity in their life and their business. But I recently worked with um, a, an influencer out of Baltimore who is an interiors. She's a, uh, she's a influencer that profiles different interior design and designers. And we created a little capsule collection. It's a dish towel and a couple little ceramic pieces. And what we did is she said, these are our top 15, I can't remember how many there are, top 15 sort of de decor items that she loves and, you know, all that stuff. So we kind of created a little capsule collection that featured my original illustrations of, you know, a bamboo chair, um, you know, a rose medallion plate. And it's just a really kind of a fun, you know, project that came up that I don't know if it would have had the same legs if people were out and about doing, you know, life as normal, whichever, you know, whatever normal is. But, um, but yeah, I just, I think people are kind of looking for a more creative solution. And also too, I think part of what working with me is a little bit more appealing is that my minimums are a little bit lower. So that risk of investing in inventory is not quite as high. Um, yeah, so I think it's just, it's allowed people to kind of think a little bit outside the box, which it, I know is kind of a, 
overused term, but it's sort of a way of, of, you know, just thinking a little bit differently about what wholesale looks like, what e-commerce looks like, and how selling in COVID is. You want to just throw in the other cliches of pivot and new normal, (laughs) cover them all. You're so right. It's outside the box, but you do feel like you just say it all the time. Yeah, I mean, everyone is pivoting. I mean, everyone, I mean, it's just, pivot. Yes. Who is the Baltimore influencer? I'd love to look them up. Um, It's sophisticated style. It's Sophie Phelps. Okay. And yeah, I mean, it's just sort of a fun, and, and also I think that it, I mean, you know, and, and of course I'm partial because it's, it's my, they're my products, but um, I love kind of, you know, working, I mean, not all influencers are created equal, but um, Sophie has been so great and such a delight to work with that it kind of gives her an opportunity to have some products where I'm able to bring the artwork and the expertise about the products and what I think might work well. And, and then I'm taking all of the shipping and inventory off of her plate, which if I'm being honest, is kind of the least fun part is packing orders and making sure everything gets there in one piece. But, um, Tasha can totally speak to that too. <laughs> yeah. That, mean, packing and shipping is the worst. <laughs> the worst. And I, I mean, I even have in my studio, I have one of the Uline things that holds uh, packing peanuts from the ceiling. I mean, it's like a whole operation. And I was like, oh, I want to be so official. I'm going to do this because, but it's, it's not fun. I mean, it doesn't make it any more fun. I have like the clear, well, my shipping has really evolved through COVID because I'm just oh, yeah. online only. But, you know, I started with like, I put my clothes like in the tissue paper and then I had the sticker and would go in the bag. And now I've moved to clear plastic bags and everything has to be bagged and stickered and and coupon cards. And then you have bubble wrap. Do you use little bubble wrap? Do you use big bubble wrap? Luckily, I don't have a lot of breakables, which you probably got more breakables than I do, but it's trying to package it. And then when I mail it out, I'm like, what's it going to look like when it gets there? Like is the box, I mean, I know how FedEx and UPS work on just deliveries, personal deliveries. I'm like, is the box going to be smushed? Is it going to be in one piece? Like, yeah. I got the, one of the best, and I, I, I say this, I have this, I got this advice and I, have I totally implemented it? No, but I had a mentor once who told me, she said, you need to get your shipping down and be able to record it in a way that if Nordstrom calls tomorrow or whomever calls tomorrow and gets you, you know, totally blows up your business in a good way um, that someone could come in and repeat all of those steps. And I think that that's just a really kind of, you know, I'm, I haven't had Nordstrom or my equivalent call yet, but I think that that's kind of a good sort of mindset to have is how do I replicate this part where really anyone could come in and package things up if they had, you know, a clear, checklists and, and things like that. And I, I think that that's kind of something that I'm always trying to do is like streamline things. And also how do I replicate this so that even if it's a couple of friends who come over for a glass of wine and, and I say, Hey, do you want to help me pack up some orders? And like all of them will end up looking the same. 
I mean, that's a random tangent, but like, I mean, I think that that's always kind of something to consider, you know, recording and seeing if you can replicate things. My family is my packers right now. Um, and so everybody packs a little differently. So I'm always like, because I have a little sister that packs, I'm like, how is she packing that? And then my mom, she bubble wraps everything like 12 times. So I'm like, okay, you're going through all of my bubble wrap. Like, but yeah, you and cannot use high roll of bubble wrap because it is expensive. It is expensive. <laughs> and, and stickers are ridiculously priced for a sticker with like your logo on it. So my mom uses like 12 stickers per order. And I'm like, mom, you cannot like... <laughs> You need to put as much in the bag as you can and put one sticker on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's all you get. Or pay for the materials, the extra materials. Yeah. <laughs> this, I'm like, this stuff is expensive and nobody understands that because, you know, I'm the one that's ordering it. And I'm like, you know, your boxes, some, I mean, clear plastic bags are expensive. The peanuts are expensive. It really does add up. Yeah. I think you're right though, Maisie, like you have to, as an entrepreneur and a business owner, just find those, those repeatable systems. I mean, I know that as I started to bring in people to work with me, I realized, oh, it's all in my head. And if yeah. I'm not clearly explaining it, then nobody's going to know how to do it the way that I'm doing it or that I want it done. And so then I, you know, started to put it down on paper and then you have to think about, well, is what I'm doing really the most concise or, you know, is this the best way to do it? So yeah. not what you think about when you're going into business, you just no. create or, you know, do your passion. You don't think about having to explain it to somebody else. How many stickers go on a package? Sometimes I feel like, you know, you get all this cool stuff. Like now that we're getting like into I mean, I'm already into the holiday season, but the holiday season yeah. is like how, you know, if somebody's wanting something done, like how much advance notice do you ask for um, as you, as the holiday creeps in? You know, I typically, I am such a sucker for people coming in at the last minute saying, oh, this is, you know, Meemaw's house and everyone really wants a copy of it. And I'm just like, I mean, it could be, I mean, they could just be. I mean, I don't think people are lying, but like, I mean, I am just sort of like, okay, I can do one more. I can do one more. So uh, typically I like to cut them, cut orders off for custom stuff. Um, the Friday after Thanksgiving. So I guess that's Black Friday. Um, so typically I like to kind of do four weeks from Christmas. Just that gives me enough time to have my own Christmas, which sometimes hasn't been the case in past years, but, um, but I'm just such a sucker for someone coming in, you know, oh, I really want this before Christmas, and of course I'll get it done, you know, <laughs> I love, I know, I know, I just love houses, and I love, I love drawing them, I mean, I don't, like, you know, come Christmas Eve, I don't want to pick up a pencil for a month, but, um, I don't know. People are just so excited about them for holidays. And so I, you know, I, it's hard for me to say no. I get that. Okay. So my burning question is that you did a collaboration with Reese Witherspoon yeah. for Draper James. So tell us all about it. Cause like, I love that brand. I love her. I want to know everything. Well, so, okay. So it's kind of, it's sort of a funny thing. So I, attend this conference every year and it's called the Southern Sea and it's these two girls so great it's so great 
I wanted to go to that and I oh, didn't go last year and then now COVID. And so I feel like my hopes have been dashed forever. No, I, I don't think so. And the thing is, is, you know, I think, and this is sort of a side story, the Southern Sea is kind of one of those instances where I think, I mean, I have followed them for so many years. I think they've been doing the conference for six or seven years. And, um, you know, it's one of those things that I started following them on Instagram and kind of would always sort of just be really excited whatever content they were putting out and, and always kind of dreamed about going to the conference because I just think it, it looked like kind of right up my alley. A lot of talented um, business owners were there. And so the first year that I went full time, I decided I would invest and also um, participate in their swag market, which I think is the way that they set it up is so incredible. It's such a good idea because typically when you elect to be in a swag bag or something like that, you send in whatever, you know, promotional stuff or, you know, freebie. Um, what they do is they set up a beautiful little market and people kind of go around and trick or treat almost like they have their bag and then they go and get their each, you know, swag partner piece of merchandise. So, you know, there's everyone at this conference. There are people who were just starting out kind of earlier on their career, like I was, and then, you know, Draper James was there. So I was, you know, at my little trick-or-treating table, which it really wasn't, but that's what it kind of felt like. And um, these two girls uh, came up to me and my, my swag was a little um, bud vase that had um, kind of resort wear. There was like a bathing suit. There was like a hat and sunglasses, little illustrations on this uh, ceramic bud vase. And this girl came up to me and was talking to me and she's like, oh, well, do you ever do freelance illustration or, you know? And, um, and I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. And I saw her name tag and she was from Draper James. And it was sort of my dirty dancing, I carried a watermelon feeling of like, oh yeah, I, I, I do that. Like I'm a, I'm a serious person, you know, kind of one of those like little bit out of body. Um, and so, so Lydia, who is, is, she's their social media director. And so we kind of went back and forth about what we were going to do, whether it be a blog post for Derby or Easter, we kind of went back and forth. And then all of a sudden she came back and she was like, oh, well, Reese's birthday is in March. And I was like, oh, that's so Reese. Um, and she's like, well, would you illustrate her birthday card? And again, I was like, yeah, I'll do that. Like, no problem. Um, so I did. And of course, like, cause I was just so excited. They were like, you know, I, I pitched them an idea and then I was like, well, here's like five other sketches and illustrations and little movie files that I made. So, um, I mean, yeah, that was just like such a fun experience. And that was kind of my first, um, kind of project with a brand that wasn't like a, museum shop or boutique and things like that. So I think that that really, you know, it was fun and it was a fun experience, but I think it kind of made me broaden my scope a little bit in terms of who I thought about approaching or who I thought about as a good match for my illustrations. And I kind of always think that 
you know, everyone could use illustrations, which, I mean, I feel like, you know, that's, that's sort of, if, if I didn't think that, I probably wouldn't be a very uh, good saleswoman. But, um, but yeah, I just think that that was such a fun, fun way to kind of broaden, broaden my mind a little bit about different brands that I could approach. And also, it's a really great portfolio piece to say, oh, I worked with, you know, Reese Witherspoon's lifestyle brand, and this is what I did for them, and I have a great reference from them. So um, I did not get to um, speak with Reese one-on-one, -on -one, but I feel like, I mean, she did like the uh, Instagram posts that I did for her birthday, so. I mean, that's a win in my book. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty much, we're pretty much like best friends. I would like print that and frame that and show everyone that came into my house. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. I did not know that, so I'm going to have to go back. Um, is that on your social media? I've got yeah, to go back and check. Okay. Media. And then also, this is kind of a funny thing. So, it, I guess it was in, I was finishing up college. So, like I said, I have my bachelor's in interior design. And I had this kind of whirlwind experience to go work with an interior designer in Santa Monica in California. And she designed a house and then Reese Witherspoon bought it from her. So I kind of feel like Reese and I, like, like the third time that we have like some sort of overlap, we'll be best friends. I mean, you're just inevitable. Yes, of course. Reese, I hope yeah. that you listen to this and we all need to hang out. I know. Let's just all hang out. Please. We could, Sasha can dress you. I'll decorate your house with all yeah. the things that I'll, make I'll outfit you dish towels. Yeah. We can, we can take, take a it to a bar or like whatever other movie quote you want us to make. Yeah. We can do it. Or like, we'll just like go organize people's houses because I know she's like a home edit mm -hmm. fan yeah. slash producer of that. Have you all watched the home edit? On I have Netflix? it. I keep being told I need to watch it. Um, so I need to just get on there and do it. But I'm someone, I avoid HGTV for a myriad of reasons. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yes. Okay. Um, and so I have mixed feelings about this, but everyone keeps telling me that I'd really like well, it. And also like, I think that they, they do kind of very like surface level design. Like, I don't think that either of them are like we're interior designers and organizers they're like we might paint that wall like there's no like you know they're they're not like going in and like changing the whole look but yeah I do I mean I'm trying to implement more organization in my life are you color coding your um apps on your phone not quite yet I'm not that I can't long. get behind that style of organization no I, I need them by but they do mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I do too. It's my purpose. So yeah. did I miss this? You've been all over the place. You said you grew up outside of DC. You had a chance to work in Santa Monica. So how did you land in Louisville, Kentucky, which is where I grew up? <laughs> so I have been in Louisville since 2014. Um, I finished my master's in exhibition design. I kind of glossed over that. I finished my master's was determined to find a job as soon as I could after finishing that master's because I had been unemployed, I mean, I'd been in school, but I had been unemployed for a couple of years. And um, my, sorry, my dog is just, she's about to squeak a toy. Um, 
seriously, she's like dead to the world except for when I am talking. So I'm it's ambiance. And animals have been making a lot of guest appearances in our podcast lately. The other oh, day, I'm sure. bird chirping like crazy. So it's fun. It's just a little bit of character. Yeah, exactly. It's it. Yeah, it is ambiance. Um. So okay. So I finished my master's. Was looking for a job, kind of. Not really anywhere, but kind of anywhere that would take me. So I applied for a job designing trade show exhibits here in Louisville. And I, they flew me down for a full day of interviews. Um, I interviewed basically everyone that worked there or, or and everyone in the company interviewed me, I should say. And, um, and I was kind of before, I mean, like, of course now I'm a Louisville resident, so I can say this. I was like, I'm not moving to Kentucky. Like, I'm not. Like, that is, not that I'm a snob, but I was just, not that I'm a snob, but I was, I was like, I've never been to Kentucky. Like, you know, so I, uh, they flew me down for a day of interviews and I said, you know, I kind of, this is kind of charming. I could see myself here. And like, I, my, my boss who had hired me, I could tell he really wanted me to like Louisville. So he was like driving me around. He's like, this is where all the, you know, like young people hang out. So, so he, he did a really good tour um, of Louisville. So I worked for that company for two and a half years. So I was designing trade show exhibits and it's kind of, you know, there, there's a lot of overlap between that and museums and things like that. So um, that is what brought me to Louisville. And then I, ended up buying a house, meeting a boy, getting married, and I had started my business here. So we just, he's, my husband is from Louisville. So, um, so, you know, I, I feel like I have a little bit more concrete ties now, but, um, but yeah, I mean, moving here, I mean, I was able to buy a house. I wouldn't have been able to do that in Washington and, you know, so that's, that's kind of the story of, of Maisie and Louisville. I'm going to ask the most Louisville question ever. Where yeah. did your husband go to high school? Well, he, he went to, he, this is a twofer. He went to, um, he went to Sanex for two years and then he finished at KCD. Okay. All right. So I grew up going to, um, I went to Cal for middle school and high school. Oh, gotcha. Yes. Yes. But I mean, it's this running joke that I never knew of until I was living in Lexington and everyone was like, yeah, if you're from Louisville, you just always ask everybody else where you went to high school because there's so many of them. There's so many. And yeah, and it just, I mean, I, I love, and I don't know if I would think that this is quite as charming if I had grown up here, but how small of a world that Louisville is. And I will tell you all a personal story. This does not necessarily need to be on the podcast. But I had gone out on a Tinder date with my husband four years ago. Oh. And like we went on one date. It was fine. I think I was just like, whatever. And we both started dating different people. And then three years later, two years later, I was at my first Southern Sea in Sea Island. And I'm at dinner. And a friend of a friend says, I think I know someone you should date. And it was Richard, my husband. And I was like, oh yeah, I went on a date with him. And she like fixed us back up and we had our second date three years later. Now we're married. Oh, that's a sweet story though. Like it all is such a small, like, you know, 
small town. So next time I see Reese Witherspoon, she has to be my best friend just because everything kind of comes back around. Naturally, you're going to go to a conference and someone's going to say, I know someone you should be friends with. Yeah. All going <laughs> to be full circle. Reese Witherspoon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's been so fun to chat with you, Maisie. Like, I know. I really enjoy hearing about what you do. In my head, I'm coming up with all the collaborations that the three of us could do because I think it would be so fun. So, so fun. So I have an ending question for you, Sasha and I both do. So I want to know how you would describe the um, style of your home. And I'm guessing it's going to be really good since you know what you're doing. Oh my gosh. So I like to, well, so before my husband moved in, I'm going to, I'm going to reference that because he brought in a lot of dark wood because boys, because boys, I grew up with two older brothers and like, I feel like that was like the perfect training for like, so I, this might throw you for a little bit of a loop. It's kind of grandma chic because I have a lot of my grandmother's old pieces of furniture, but I also just like a sort of lived in aesthetic and it's, it feels very collected. I like things to have a meaning. I always think of um, the Friends episode when Rachel buys everything from Pottery Barn and kind of makes up the story. Um, but I like everything to have a story, you know, whether I got it at a great thrift store or, you know, flea market. Um, and I love collecting art too. So um, I love supporting, you know, friends of mine who have who are artists or designers and things like that. So I would say sort of a collected, comfortable, lived in aesthetic and colorful, very colorful. Very good alliteration. I like it. I like her explanation better than we had. We had some um, gentlemen on our last podcast and <laughs> listening to them describe their home style and oh their my fashion gosh, what did style. They say? I mean, it was it was interesting to say the least. Like, there's a bed and there's a table. No, they were really good sports oh. about it. And so, but like one had more descriptive terms than the other. And so then they kind of gave each other <laughs> a hard time about it. But like, yeah, you'll have to listen because it was, it was pretty entertaining. I don't know that I had ever laughed so hard in their descriptions oh, of, of their home and personal stuff. But it was interesting because we, I guess maybe that was our first, I said our, our first man episode <laughs> that we had. Yeah. And it was interesting to see how they explained it versus, you know, the women that we had had on. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. I think my husband would probably answer that question with, my home style is whatever my wife wants. And I'm like, just left it at that. Well, when you're married to an interior designer, I feel like, I mean, it would be kind of shocking if you were like, oh no, my husband's picked out everything. That would be alarming. Well, now that Liz has covered your home style, how would you describe your personal fashion style? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I love classic pieces that I can wear both year round and dress up and dress down. So I am a big, like kind of basics girl in terms of clothing. And then I love collecting. It's kind of, it sort of goes hand in hand with interiors is I love um, I'm not wearing any right now, but I have big um, jewelry. Like I love like big necklaces and statement earrings and then also scarves. Um, I've actually been working on a line of illustrated 
silk scarves that I'm dying to get my hands on because I cannot wait to wear. I'm always so jealous of people who like design jewelry or clothes because they get to leave the house with whatever they design. So I'm so, so, so excited about um, silk scarves. So I would say like basics with like jazzed up and dressed up with accessories. And that's really a good way to do it too. You know, a lot of people invest a lot of money in a lot of different things that don't necessarily go together or it's a one-time wear. So I'm a big advocate of, you know, especially things at the shop, like, okay, like the, some of these may be basic, but you can build on them and you can add your accessories or you can do your jewelry or your scarves. And then you have a whole new look. Yeah. What you might already have in your closet kind of a thing, but things too also that you can wear all year round because you know, who wants to buy something and wear it one time? Like that's not, that's no fun. No. And also I, I'm a big, like, I love getting a good deal. That's also kind of plays part of it into it as well. You feel like you won something when you get a good deal. Oh my gosh. And then you have to like brag and tell everyone like, oh, thank you so much. Not that it has pockets, but I got it for 50 cents. Not really 50 cents, but you know. Yeah. Well, I know because you do. You're so excited. You're like, oh, it was $10. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. I hear you. Well, Maisie, if people want to reach out to you, connect with you, um, or learn more about you, where are the ways that they can find you? Yeah. Instagram and my um, website are kind of the best ways to see what I've been working on. Um, my Instagram handle is Maisie Clark, and then my website is MaisieClark.com. Awesome. And if you are just listening, Maisie is spelled M-A-I-Z-I-E and Clark is C-L-A-R-K-E. Yep. Clark with an E, which will be the title of my memoir. Clark with an E. Oh, well, thank you so much. Again, this was so fun chatting. Hopefully we can all get together in person one of these days. And I know. I would love that. Thank more. you so much. Thanks for listening to Speak Your Style. Your feedback means a lot to us. Please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have any feedback or special requests, you can direct message us on social media. You can find me, Liz Toombs, and my business, PDR Interiors, on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And you can find me, Sasha Bowlby, and my business, Sasha Bow Boutique, at Facebook and Instagram.